Hello and welcome to This Is Our Year, Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Mikey Kalpikoff. Joining me today is Austin Southers. Kerry Armagost can't join us today. His orchestra is touring. Good for him. He's going to miss uh, one, of the, one of the sadder episodes of the year. Yep, yep. So Yeah, I'm not used to him being here. When you said that, I kind of just left a pause for him to say something, and I'm like, oh, he's not here. <laughs> so sad. So the Vikings lose 20-16 to 16 to the Cowboys after leading all game and then utterly falling apart in the last drive of the fourth quarter. It was uh, it wasn't a very pretty game, even when they were leading, you know, settling for field goals. We couldn't really get any offense going aside from the first drive, but it wasn't just ugly for the Vikings. It was kind of ugly all over the league. Um, we've had season ending injuries, potentially season ending for Derrick Henry. I believe no, I think it is season ending pretty much. I last I checked, it looked like the only way he's coming back is if they make a deep. Uh, deep run into the playoffs. Right. And even then, if they can make it that far without him, maybe just save him. Yeah. Who knows? Unless you make the Super Bowl, then then you want Derrick Henry. But yeah, Jameis Winston also out for the season. I think yep. torn ACL. He's gone. Calvin Ridley's stepping away for personal reasons. Yeah. Some really weird stuff going on. And on the, the Viking rug. side of things, it's it's bad, guys. It's really bad. Daniil Hunter has a torn peck, and he's out for the rest of the season. And that, that's just, I, I, don't, I don't even want to think about what this defense is going to look like. We saw what it was without him. And yeah. it, it was so noticeable when he was back. Ah, gosh, that's, it's a devastating, devastating loss for the Vikings and for him. He's in a contract year. So basically, he played eight games, and that was kind of his audition for the Vikings and for the rest of the NFL, you know, to say who's going to pay him. So yeah. I, I hope, personally, I would hope that the Vikings pay him next year. I think they've seen enough, though it's hard, you know, coming off of multiple injuries, you know. Do you want to pay him big money and then have him play half the season? I don't know. The the kind of impact that a guy like that has on a team is super noticeable. So if we don't pay him, somebody will. It's just, it's sad to see that that's how this audition ends for him. Yeah, I think it's going to affect how much he does get paid. Um, whether it be, I don't think he's going to get a super, super big page period now due to this injury. He did do a lot for us. I think his best interest would probably be signed with the Vikings again. Um, but like you said, he's a very, very skilled player that any team could be really happy to have him in. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it sucks for us this year. Um, it's definitely not going to help in this upcoming matchup, especially with Mark Andrews. Daniil Hunter does a really good job at kind of preventing the tight ends from kind of blowing up on us and, of course, we draw a tough matchup with us, one of the best QBs in the league coming up and also one of the best tight ends. So I think we're going to feel this loss immediately. Yep. Next week we go to the Ravens. So that will not be an easy test. Mm-mm. But back to the Cowboys game. You know, this loss, it hurts. It hurts a lot. To me, it feels a lot like the Cleveland game from earlier in the year 
where we were kind of neck and neck most of the time, very low scoring. But in the end, we just couldn't get it done. Though I feel like I wouldn't feel the way that I do about this game, you know, had it been a really well-fought game, you know, had we lost, you know, 40 to 38 on a field goal if we stuck with them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This was just atrocious. And a lot of it, it's on Mike Zimmer and the coaching staff. And also it is on Kirk Cousins and the offense too. I just, you know, we've sat here throughout this podcast, especially since the season has started, you know, I think, I believe that this was kind of a new Kirk, but what we saw here, this is, I don't know. It's hard to say that this isn't the same old Kirk Cousins. In my opinion, I don't think it was Kirk. I think it was the whole team as a whole. I mean, he couldn't get anything going. Justin Jefferson was non-existent in this game. Anytime he got something thrown to him, he was on the ground in pain with injuries. KJ Osborne just wasn't really used whatsoever. Um, But, I mean, it's hard to put him because Dalvin didn't do anything really to help. Nobody really did anything on offense, in my opinion. I think this whole game, I think our offense kind of sucked. We didn't have any frequency. We didn't have any rhythm. We just weren't out there playing. And I, it's hard for me just to throw the blame on a Kirk or anybody because it's just – we were at the game. I didn't see anybody on offense. Well, here's the thing. I'd like to make my case for why this was a very bad Kirk Cousins game. Now, out of – out of 35 pass attempts, there were only three passes that went past 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Three. That's unbelievable. Now, out of 11 of 35 pass attempts, only 11 were for past five yards. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. And to make matters worse, only 11 of 35, well, not only 11, 11 of 35 were behind the line of scrimmage. These screens didn't work. We didn't I mean, do anything to adjust in the game. And this is Kirk, you know, that that's a lot of it's on Kirk. Some of it's on Kubiak, but there were times you see Adam Thielen wide open down the field. And I mean, I didn't it, down to CJ Ham. And why were, it is a huge, huge problem when CJ Ham has more receptions than Justin Jefferson. Yeah, what but are you just, doing? But Justin Jefferson, every time he was throwing the ball, what happened? He was on the ground hurt. You couldn't throw to Justin Jefferson in that game. He wasn't available. He was injured most of it. And also, I would, I, there was not many plays where we had a deep open threat downfield. Those cornerbacks and uh, Cowboys played well. They kept our receivers in check. I just think this was a game we just got outplayed in every department. It was on offense. We couldn't get anything going. The run was just non-existent. Are the only receiver that typically I thought played somewhat decent was Adam Thielen, and still they kind of had his number in check too. I felt, I saw Adam Thielen and Tyler Conklin both get going. They were the only two who could really be productive on that whole offense. Dalvin Cook wasn't there. No. Justin Jefferson had two receptions. But again, Justin Jefferson, anytime that ball was thrown to him, it felt like the play was called, and we had to wait for him to get moved off the field. So Justin Jefferson. And nothing against him, it's just he just, I don't think, wasn't playing shape this game. He wasn't able to do anything. And when you take that weapon away from a QB, we aren't left with much more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm wondering, like, how does this game change if Jefferson is able to grab that ball? Maybe, 
I don't know if it was slightly overthrown or if he slowed down and mistimed where he was supposed to go. Jefferson, that is. I don't know. I, I don't know what the problem was on that, but it was wide open and he just couldn't get to the ball. How does that change this game? How does it change the momentum? And we'll never know. I but... mean, in my opinion, probably add another three points on the board. I think we would have still lost this game. This We just did not look good. I And I'm not going to make any excuses for the Vikings in this game. We deserve that loss. We didn't play well. The only drive that was at all worth anything to note was that first initial drive. Yeah. No, Besides, and, it, and it was a beautiful, beautiful drive. It was great. We got – I mean – the refs helped us. We Anybody who's blaming the refs for this loss, you're wrong. I mean, the refs helped us basically any chance that we had. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, so a lot of people at the game, I think, were wondering what happened with that defensive delay of game penalty. It was two consecutive timeouts. I don't think Zimmer called the first one. Somebody else called that first timeout, and then Zimmer called the second one. He said, you know, the ref – isn't supposed to grant it, but you can't blame him. You know, it's not his fault, but yeah, okay. came at that, a bad it, was, time. it was disappointing. You know, it came but, at really a bad time, but I mean, also looking on that last drive that the Cowboys got that touchdown on, we kind of handed it to him. Our cornerbacks didn't play whatsoever. And I mean, this is the first game we didn't have Patrick Peterson and it shows what happens when you take that veteran presence away? We have a young cornerback room, and they just – they got worked. Amari Cooper did anything and everything he wanted. Yeah. Okay, so another huge problem that I had with this game, and it's been a problem all season. It hasn't turned out, you know, to be detrimental to the Vikings every single week but we've had this as a problem and it continues to be a problem. It's these drives at the end of the quarter. Once again, we were left with what 37 seconds and a timeout on the board at the end of the half. And we did nothing. We made a completion down the middle of the field and let like 20 seconds run off the clock before clocking it with a second left. And then Kirk takes a knee at the end. And you know what? Like it's fine. It probably wasn't going in the end zone anyway, but that's time on the board that you can use. No, to just walk away and let your home crowd boo you off the field. Yeah. That was, it was horrible. It was bad. And okay, Kirk Cousins did say to the media that he doesn't mess with the timeouts. He doesn't call timeouts because he doesn't know what the coaches want to do with them. Okay. And I'm not going to say that Kirk needs to be the one calling the timeouts. Maybe he should be. I'm not going to say that. But damn it, somebody needs to call him. Yeah, I think that, I don't know. My problem is this year, the coaching staff has not given me much reason to bring him back next year. They're playing the same style of ball that they've played the last three years, and it's not working for us. They're playing conservatively. They're trying to take times, and we need to know that, no, you can't do that anymore. We need to play aggressive. You need to put your – foot on the gas I understand at the end of the game going for three instead of a touchdown in this game due to the fact that besides that one huge play they had for a touchdown that was the only time we let them into the red zone I get it you want to trust your defense and it's good it's it gives confidence to the defense to show them that you trust but I think this game was the biggest problem was coaching I think it was miscall after miscall after miscall for our coaching staff and they just 
when are they going to start playing aggressive? When are they going to actually start playing like their jobs are on the line? Because in my opinion, they are. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't – after these last couple of games, I was kind of starting to go with, you know what? No, Zimmer's not on the hot seat. It's working out fine. You know, everything's going to be fine. And, okay, we could talk all day about the coach's offensive philosophy and going for field goals. and But what really lost us this game, that was in motion before the ball was even kicked off. This was just, it was a bad game plan from the coaches. And Xavier Woods talked to the media after the game. He had a heck of a game, by the way. Good, good for him. Didn't yeah. end up working out, but heck of a game from Xavier Woods, former Cowboy. But he told the media that the players didn't even get to practice planning for Cooper Rush. Apparently the coaches had planned on that possibility, but they weren't able to install the game plan with the players. Now, Cooper Rush isn't Dak Prescott. And I understand that they only have so much time. And I feel like it is better to plan for Dak Prescott and be really prepared on the chance that he will play and just kind of take your chances on that. I don't know, though. But Cooper I mean, Rush didn't need to be Dak Prescott. They didn't make him. They didn't make him do tough throws. They let him make easy completions all night long. 10, 12 yards, curl routes. It was just. It was easy. They just had, they gave him the opportunity to be the hero with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper one-on-one -on -one against Breland and Dantzler. They didn't force him to do anything tough. I mean, the, what the coaching staff did do, they stopped the run. They kind of just thought, well, we'll stop the run and Cooper Rush, well, he's a backup QB. So the passing game is going to be bad. It wasn't. They didn't force it to be bad. You have to make it bad for a non-starting QB like that. They we let near, him be the hero. Yeah, we nearly let up three. We gave two Cowboys receivers 100-yard games. And there was uh, Cedric Wilson was about probably, I would say, one catch away from probably having 100 yards as well. So we almost let up three. But, yeah, no, it was bad game planning. I mean, we just looked somewhat just, I don't know, just I wouldn't even say we looked outmatched because the game was so close. We were neck and neck with them the whole time. But it just shows what not game planning for a matchup or a certain player can affect. And I think we really just underestimated these Cowboys. And that shot ourselves in the foot and gave up a loss. And now we put ourselves in a horrible position, in a position now where we can't give up many more games. And we've been in that position for the last few weeks. But now it's just we're closing that margin for error more and more each week. And especially with you know green bay on the rise we can say goodbye to the division that's not going to happen this year i One don't know positive note though i mean not to change topics though is uh aaron Rodgers may be missing two weeks of games i don't know yeah, if you played, uh he is on he did hey he does he does have covid so he will for sure miss this one but um i believe he is unvaccinated so he has stricter protocols to follow, which may cause him to miss uh, week 10 as well. Mm -hmm. This could be a blessing in disguise for us. I mean, two big losses if they lose these next two weeks and we can somewhat win these next two weeks, that still just puts us, what, one game behind? So, I mean, it's a lot of wishful thinking and hoping for the best. But, I mean, hey, we they have to now roll with Jordan Love. Um, if what is true of what I've heard of Jordan Love. It doesn't seem like a lot of people in Green Bay want him to start. 
they traded up for him, but it sounds like he's not the guy they wanted. Um, so I'm, I don't know. We just got to hope for the best here. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Ah, man. It's just these coaches. I don't know that I have, it's hard to have much faith in any kind of plans that they're going to have because they set them up to fail. Mm -hmm. They, they game planned to rely on our cornerbacks to stop elite wide receivers. They put our biggest weakness up against the Cowboys greatest strength. And it doesn't give me a lot of faith for what they can do in the coming weeks, especially without Daniel Hunter and Patrick Peterson. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we're going to be facing one of the AFC's best teams in the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. It doesn't get easier on this stretch. We got lucky with Cooper Rush, you would even say, but we couldn't take advantage. Our next three teams we're facing are teams that could, are potentially (laughs) winning their division. We have Ravens, Chargers, and Packers. Um, I mean, after that, it gets easier. The next game, the next four games we have will be 49ers, Lions, Vikings, Bears. But it's, we can't lose anymore, in my opinion. If we want to make the playoffs, I think we can give up one more game at most. But yeah, we're in a life or death spot. I mean, we need to play better. We need to play. I think we need to play more aggressive. I don't know. I'm just. This Vikings team, I'm going to be a little critical. It's not impressing me. It's not impressing me. The run game isn't there. I feel like we look better running when we have Alexander Madison out. I feel like our game plans look better. And no disrespect to Cook, but it just seems like this year, every game we've had with him and he's starting, and I don't think it's his problem. I think it's maybe not enough reps for our team with him. It's just our team doesn't look confident, doesn't look strong. It's like we look better when we're missing one of our key pieces. Yeah, it's it's weird. When we have to rely on our other star players, when a certain star player is out, that's when it seems like we shine, when we're put up against some real adversity. When exactly. if we have opportunities to take advantage of something like we did this Sunday, it we just don't come through. I, I don't know if it's the players or if it's the coaches. I don't know. But, oh, that actually reminds me, uh, Austin, your guy for uh, – who you suggested maybe take over for Mike Zimmer. Yeah, PJ Fleck, he just signed a seven-year deal. Yep, PJ Fleck. He is staying in Minnesota. Great news for Minnesota Gophers fans. Bad news for hopeful Vikings fans. Yeah, that's it. But good for him. A seven-year deal for a college coach. That's be good. Yeah, no, that's great for him. Mm-hmm. But, okay. yeah, I, this, I don't know. I... I'm just kind of getting tired of watching this Vikings team do the same thing every week. It's we need to change it up. We need to come at it with a different mentality, a different game plan for these games. I think, especially with these next games, because in my opinion, dear God, Mike Zimmer, if you keep coaching like this, you need to be let go. No, stop playing for field goals. Play like your job depends on it. Like, I don't know. And and maybe maybe that is playing like his job def- depends on it because he loves to play conservative. I bet you he was thrilled to go kick that field goal on the Vikings last drive or second to last drive. Excuse me. I bet you he was thrilled to settle for a field goal because he's like, this is great. 
we're going to win 16 to 13 exactly how I want because he loves these low scoring games. And yeah, no, you're right. I'm sick of it too. Well, at the point, best case scenario, his mentality right now, in my opinion, best case scenario, we still have two games with the Packers. But best case scenario for the Vikings, we finish with the same record as the Packers. They just stink it out. We need to then win the point difference. We need to start putting up high points. We need to start worrying about those tiebreakers if we're going to get into the playoffs now because we put ourselves in such a bad position. Right. The margin of error for us is so tiny. And when you're at best a wild card team, you need to be worrying about that stuff. Like you need to win the important games, the the games with common opponents. You need to put up lots of points when it comes down to those types of things. Mm-hmm. But we're just not there. We're not doing it. And I don't know what it is. No. Also, oh my God, the amount of time we let them have the ball. Yeah. At the end of the first half, we may have had the ball for a total of six minutes. It was horrible. I remember looking up at that stat when we were at the game, and like they had the ball for like twenty, and we—I think it was actually like eighteen minutes to like either seventeen or eighteen minutes to like six or seven, which is we were winning still, but it was amazing that we were. Yeah, you know, like because going into the half, I was—I remember thinking, I'm like, man, you know, that, that is encouraging that. You know, they had the ball for that long, but they were only able to put up three points. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all it takes is one break, a 70-yard pass to Cedric Wilson, and that was kind of it, you know, because we our offense wasn't being explosive. We're being conservative, going punt, 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 or a field goal. Yeah, not trying enough or mm, bad game by the Vikings. Probably, mm-hmm. honestly, one of the hardest – games to watch all season yeah i mean and it's just so infuriating because we were leading the whole time and then just lost it in the end and i'll tell you what cowboys fans they show up they show up at stadium west bank stadium i think it's a universal truth there's just cowboys fans everywhere you go Mm -hmm. so that's that's hard it's hard to hard to face that team yes I mean, yeah, going from there, now we have to face the Ravens. Mm-hmm. It's just – I, I want to say we're going to win it, but I, I, I know we're not. Like, yeah, I'll have to good. get back to you on that one. I, you know, I need to figure out the balance between my head and my heart to figure out my prediction there. Yeah, there's no line, especially if we don't have Daniel Hunter. It, it's hard, though. I mean – Tough to say because they've shown themselves to be a beatable team multiple times, been beat by the Bengals, almost beat by the Lions if it wasn't for a historic field goal. I so, saw a weird – I need to look up this stat. I saw a weird stat about Lamar today. I think it was as of this season so far, there's only been like three players to like average at least 60 yards a game. And it was like Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry, and Jonathan Taylor. Now we don't have our main pass rusher. I guess we do still have one thing that we didn't have last year. Everson Griffin. We do. We've got the sack daddy. Yeah, and he, he's been playing well. And he's I'm, been great. Unbelievably he needs, great. He needs to step up. And how long until we get Michael Pierce back? Um, he's been 
I think they've said that he's been looking good. I think there was even the possibility of him being back this last week against the Cowboys. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him back this week. We'll also take a look at the injury report. I don't know. This next week, just focus on the pass. Just focus on the pass. Just you can prevent that against the Ravens. You cut down so much. Yeah. Also on offense, focus on the pass. This Ravens pass defense isn't great. We gotta yeah. gotta be explosive. You gotta exploit it. Better game plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we really do. It just I don't know. I want to see what was wrong with Justin Jefferson because I honestly, every time he was on the field, he was just, if a ball was thrown his way, it was like he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I don't know. He and Kirk haven't been connecting like they did last year, which don't know why, but and I guess that's football, huh? That is. That is football. Yeah, okay. So, I was thinking about this. And I'm going to say it, and it's kind of hard for me to even believe it at this point, but you as listeners, you know, you might be telling yourself it's time to pack it up and call it a season. But I feel like, I, you know, I've got to say that's not the right attitude. You're a fan of the sport. Act like it. It's going to be painful. You're going to get your heart broken. But you already knew that. That's what makes being a fan so great when you finally get there if we finally get there won't it be so worth it the season's not done and it isn't done by along mean i mean going into this week if the season ended we had a playoff spot we move one game back that playoff so we're one game back from that playoff spot now we're not out of it the division i understand it we're probably not winning this division it's if it's a 95 percent chance we're not winning this division right now but the benefit is we do still have two games left against the Packers. They're three games above us, potentially going into these next two weeks with their backup QB. Like I said, takes two bad weeks. I mean, let, I'm gonna, let me pull up the Packers schedule right now for you guys. But Jordan Love is starting the next two weeks against the Chiefs, which, I mean, their defense isn't anything to write home about, but that offense can go off. And the Seahawks. Hopefully, Russell Wilson will be back by then, too. I so, think he's back this – no, they're on by this week. He will be back by then. So Pins out of his finger. So, if – best case scenario right now, Rodgers has to sit two weeks. He has to sit one for sure. But if he has to sit two weeks, Jordan Love has to go up against probably two of the most scary QBs to face, two QBs that can keep up with most of anybody. And I know Mahomes has had a bad season. I think that's more to his old line than to him. But boom, the Packers lose these next two weeks. We still have two games against them. That can change it. It means we have to win out, of course. Mm-hmm. So in our application, we'll have to win out these games. But it's not out of reach just yet. Right. I- I'm a. I'm just a big believer. You know, I-, I always, I always hold on to just that little bit of hope. So until we're mathematically out, it's not over. And that's football. It's not over until it's over. Yeah. But we just really got to hope on Jordan Love to not play well. Yes. Okay. So that'll bring us to a section that we love, and it makes me think of Carrie, that this is our year O-meter. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. My meter shifted way down this week. 
Yeah, I would good. say it went down to. Are we doing percentages? Is it out of ten or a hundred? Either way, it's at. I would say it was at a three, having lost you know a lot of our pass rush. But then I thought you know we do still have Everson Griffin, so that pushes it up to about a four. I'm sitting at a four, and I think that's generous. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm around forty percent too. I mean, that's being generous. We had an opportunity, but we lost our best defender, and we're now sitting in a bad spot. We're not in a good spot by any means. We're playing from down, but I don't know. We can make it through. We've made it through much worse. No, the Vikings like a little adversity, which is kind of why I'm not ready to give it up, you know? No, and I mean, we didn't give up a single turnover in this last game. There's a lot of positive notes that we do have. It's just I think our offense really needs to just come together. Yeah, I mean, no turnovers looks great. You know, I mean, this was not the Kirktober that we've come to know and love. It was pretty mediocre, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Did he did he have a multiple touchdown game at all? Um, look I'll have me. to look back on that. We'll get back on that. I can look here in a second. Give me one second. Yeah, I know this last game, I think, was one of the only ones that he didn't uh, produce a turnover in the month of October, because I think he had a turnover against the Lions. And was there one against the Panthers? I don't remember. Yeah, but, but he didn't throw it. That, that's nuts. Did we not throw a single touchdown against the Panthers? No, never mind. Give me one second. I'm sorry. I'm trying to um, – give me a second. Sorry. Fair enough. Take your time. I'm trying to hop through two things. Here we go. Panthers game. Um, no, Kirk threw three touchdowns in the Panthers game. No one. He did. He did. I was wrong there. Um, Hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's good to see that he's, you know, kind of controlling the turnover bug a little bit. I just, there are things that he can do about those checkdowns. And I've seen a few videos, you know, I know just looking at a video and seeing a single play, where a guy is wide open down the field and he checks it down. That's not necessarily a representation of the whole game. I don't claim to be, you know, an analyst or anything like that. I'm just here to talk about it, but I don't know. I think this was a good reminder of some of Kirk's flaws. No. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this game may have lost a few people their jobs. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I think this was the game that, Vikings fans needed, and I'm sorry, Mike Zimmer, but I don't want you as my key, my coach anymore. I know your defensive mindset. I know you got a connection with some players, but I'm tired of it. We've had you what seven years now, and nothing's changed. We've been literally swimming in this a circle in a small pool, going around and around again. It's just you know, we've had two playoff wins in his tenure, and I think this is his eighth year. Mm-hmm. That's not going to cut it. No, I and I, if even if we miss make the playoffs this year, it's it's done. I don't think we should resign him. I think we move on. I you, he's shown us enough, and I think we see that he's not going to get us. He's not going to get us anywhere, people. I think it's time we move on from the Mike Zimmer era. And I know yeah. that's a hot take, but no. But here's the thing, though. 
And that's it. here's where it gets scary. I'm I'm for that. I agree with you. But where it gets scary is if we let go of Zimmer, we're blowing this whole thing up. There's no knowing where we stop. You know, if if we get rid of Zimmer, who knows what else leaves with it? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a necessary risk. I think it's really scary because we don't want to lose what we have that's good. But do we want to be stuck in mediocrity or do we want to try to get beyond that? And what that means is we might not be contenders for a while. No, I mean, we're a year or two away from a rebuild anyways. Yeah. So it's going to happen sooner or later. I just think let's get a new coach in. Yep. And that's the thing. We've been talking about it for years. There's been this discussion for the last, I don't even remember how many seasons. I think since after, after 2017, 2018, we've been having this conversation every year. You know, is it time to fire Zimmer? Fire Zimmer? So, I mean, and then here's a question for the Vikings fans. We were pretty much going into the season. One of the big questions was, should we keep Zimmer or should we get a new coach? So far with what the season has shown us, has it shown you reasons to keep him or has it shown you reasons to let him go? And I honestly can say I have not seen one reason to keep Mike Zimmer this season. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <sighs> it's sad. It is. But I, guess, I guess that's uh, that's where we'll end it for today. Mm-hmm. Ponder that question. Why don't you? Yeah. Mike Zimmer or no Mike Zimmer? No, I mean, and if you can think of reasons to keep him, I'd love to hear it. So send us questions on why. Yeah, let us know. Send us questions. Send us things to ponder. I don't know. Well, we'd love to talk about it. But anyway, I think that'll do it for us this week. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TIOY Vikings and follow us on Facebook. This is our year of Minnesota Vikings podcast. We will catch you next time. See you later, folks.